1: I had a really good relationship with my dad and so him and I would often be talking about topics about God and about relationship with Christ and what that meant. And then so when he, I actually ended up being diagnosed with cancer in 2012 and so as a teenager, when hearing about very close family member having cancer, it's quite surreal because when you're that young, you don't really think that our life passes away. It's too far away.
0: The Story G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to the story. Well, Steph Taylor is only in her 20s now, but when she was only 10 years old, she knew she wanted to be a storyteller. Actually, it all began when she told a story in front of over a hundred students at her school, using only two pieces of bark as her props. That was the moment she knew. Well, we're going to find out about that moment today and a whole lot more as Steph shares her story with us. And also, she'll tell us some of the stories that she's entered into a nationwide Christian writing competition. Steph is chatting with Eric Scadabo. Steph Taylor, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks, Eric. Good to be here.
2: Glad to have you with us and you're joining us from the Geelong area in Victoria?
1: Yes, that's right.
2: Okay, and I want to find out about this bark story. What is that all about? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. I absolutely love telling this story because I find it a little bit fun to giggle at myself. <laughs> um, as a ten-year-old, I was—I um, think it just in the school playground—and I was really bored. Uh, a friend of mine was under sick, so what do you do as a as a child that you pick up sticks and stones? So, uh, found two pieces of bark, decided that uh, I could entertain myself with these and um, made a bit of a comical skit out of them, and I thought this would be great to share with my friends. So, out of like a little classroom assembly. I decided to um, move this great big block over in front of my class, and I started just performing like this little um, short story.
2: Wait a second. Did you get permission from the teachers, or did you just go into this?
1: (laughs) I was a rebellious child. No, (laughs) Um, of course. (laughs) We had, um, oh, you might remember, show and tell, the classic
3: childhood
1: classroom activity. So. Everyone normally brings in not like their toys or something super flashy. I think back in the day it was a Game Boy, and that was probably the most exciting thing you could bring in. <laughs> um, and then here come I with these two little pieces of bark. And just me bringing these two pieces of bark just made the students laugh already. So I thought, okay, this is a good start. I'll work <laughs> with it. <Yeah. laughs> so then I just uh, made a bit of a story with these two pieces of bark used my imagination, and the students loved it. They just thought it was hilarious to be um, creating a bit of a show with two pieces of park, which I named Bob and Frank. So that was the uh, (laughs) show, Bob and Frank Show.
2: Oh, wow. So you just made up this story and told it in front of everybody?
1: Yeah, exactly, and I would never plan it. It was always improv, but, yeah, students loved it, and then eventually just went over to uh, the junior school assembly, and then... Even they all loved it, so I just kept coming back before uh, oh, wow. I could.
2: So it kept growing from there.
1: Yes, exactly. When I moved into middle school, because there is that transition between year four and year five, mm-hmm. I came back because they were wanting to uh, see the Bob and Frank show again. I was quite <laughs> famous. It was amazing.
2: So you peaked in middle school?
1: Junior school. As though I was uh, you know, uh, very famous in junior school, and then I went back to being more so introverted.
2: Oh, so you're kind of introverted, is that right?
1: Yes, yes. That's right. I love spending time with people, but Mm -hmm. I always do need to sit down and recharge my batteries.
2: I think that's probably
1: why I found myself writing a little bit more, because to uh, find my own space just to recharge, I love writing down stories. So I'd either be performing them with my pieces of bark or writing (laughs) them down with some pen and paper.
2: (laughs) Yeah, wow. So that's interesting that you came out of your shell to kind of be a performer, but then kind of went back into it and are expressing yourself through creative writing, which is something more introverted, or something that an introvert would be more comfortable doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. The best of both worlds, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's find out a little bit more about your background. Obviously, you're in the Geelong area now. Is that where you were born and raised?
1: Yes, that's right. Born and raised in Geelong. I grew up with a family. We were all Christian, and so Mm -hmm. I went to church, and that just became part of the normal lifestyle there. And went to all-Christian school and church, and that was just really part of the routine. So I always had a faith in God. I suppose it just always seemed real to me, having that surrounded family and community. It probably didn't really occur to me too much about what who God was to me, because I think He was always quite present, but also a little bit distant, because mm. I never quite had a very, I guess, grounding relationship with Him until a particular moment. When I grew up, and it was in my adolescence, and that was when I was 17, and I had a really good relationship with my dad, and so him and I would often be talking about um, topics about God and about relationship with Christ and what that meant. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so when he... I actually ended up being diagnosed with cancer in 2012, and so as a teenager, Mm -hmm. when hearing about a very close family member having cancer, it's quite surreal because when you're that young, you don't really think that our life passes away too far away. Yeah. And so during that time, I really found myself leaning more so towards God because I recognized that while I have an earthly father, I also have a, a heavenly father as mm-hmm. well. And yeah. so my perspective between God being more distant changed to be more fatherly. And I actually grew my relationship more in him as I started to see that uh, my earthly father, you know, our life passes away. And so... I then began to lean more on Christ, which was a blessing in disguise, really, especially during the time when I started getting more sick. And so, interestingly enough, my dad was actually a very fit man, and so he was a, a stone mason, and he ended up getting heart cancer of all places. Hmm. And it only ended up being a month before he ended up passing away. And I think the moment when he passed away was the most impacting for me. Um, and it's the... It's a moment which I wrote about in A Timeless Symphony, which is featured in the Stories of Life anthology. So
2: you wrote a short story about the death of your father because it had such a huge impact on your life at 17 years old. And so could you please read for us the final paragraph of that story after everything you had gone through? I mean, this was a significant moment in your life.
1: the moment when I was in the hospital room with my family, Mm -hmm. we were all standing around his hospital bed Mm -hmm. and I remember the curtains were drawn because it was quite bright in there and so he also had all the lights turned off and the atmosphere was just quite uh, sad. And so it it was after school and I remember that my recital was meant to be playing. I had my Instruments off to the side, I had a guitar and clarinet, I was part of the orchestra, and then I also had a bit of a guitar piece to play. And so, I suppose to detach myself, I almost began starting um, playing some melodies in my mind as the hospital machines were ticking. Mm-hmm. And so, finding a way to find some beauty within the midst of that, because while It was quite a a grim moment. We're also all still together, which is very Mm. much a blessing. It was in the moment when I lost my dad, which was very impacting. And so I'll begin by saying that witnessing the sudden departing of a life is a sobering smack in the face. Nothing is quite as surreal as this moment. His body is still here, but he isn't. How can we say he left us when at the same time he hasn't? Stepping to the back of the room, I know he isn't here anymore, and there's no guess as to what part of him is gone. Even at 17 years old, I can see that something left my father. I just witnessed proof that there's more to us than flesh. After this witness, how could anyone deny it? His very being is gone, yet his body is still here. Some might call it his spirit or heart, but however you perceive it, the impression his absence left is profound. Life doesn't
2: end with death. It is a timeless symphony. Wow, that, that's beautiful writing and very impactful moment. What was the response that you received from people who read your short story?
1: It was mostly the telling of, of people, I suppose, because it was something which I explained them afterwards. I think in that moment, it was very much a, a grim murder and then the small piece of light like, at the end is it is a, a timeless symphony. So, this is the hope that we have. And so, when I was telling my friends and family this, they felt very much inspired that something could go so wrong. And yet, at the same time, there be so much light. And I think it's something which gave them uh, confidence and mm-hmm. courage, I think, because you know life can throw us curveballs yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And we have no idea what to do with them. Mm-hmm. So to be able to then lean on to that understanding, I think, is really quite grounding for, for ourselves and for anyone who witnesses it. So I found that to be an amazing experience, mm-hmm. I think, just in and of itself, because as I was writing the story, it was uh, a bit of a, a young I- ignorance there because um, I wasn't really thinking of the reader who would be reading this story. I was also writing it just out of the flow of my heart mm-hmm. um, and having the story of just how I experienced Christ in the midst of all of that. And it wasn't until I think the very end, as I was about to submit the story, that I thought, "Oh, readers are going to be reading this. <laughs> what exactly do I want to be encouraging others to understand? And so it was from the outflow of my time after that, which really brought to light the um, impact that it had on me. And it was ultimately the hope in the midst of that seemingly endless road where you don't really know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. All you can do is just lean on the strength of God.
2: Amen. And if I remember correctly, you mentioned to me previously that you had no intention of sharing this publicly originally. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's correct. Because as a teenager, when you're, I suppose, experience this, you tend to withdraw and uh, in denial, which is, mm-hmm. I think, how I depicted it as well. When I was in a hospital room and I tried to detach myself by imagining the music flowing around me Hmm. with all the hospital machines ticking. And so when then you're in the midst of that, I think that's often how it works. It's shock, denial, repeat. Hmm. And it's not until, I think, you're able to process it more that you realize that it's it's not just yourself. It's not isolating. Because even in the hospital room, there are all my other family members around me. It felt lonely, but we were also still all together. Hmm. And there was strength in that. Yeah. And so, I didn't want to initially even submit, but I also knew that it wasn't a story just for me, it was a, a story for others, because God isn't just for us, it's yeah. for everyone.
2: Yeah, so another part of creative writing is that it can be very cathartic for going through a difficult circumstance.
1: Mm, yes, I found it to be very both challenging and healing all at the same mm-hmm. time. It was a very confusing time, but nonetheless very much a time of growth.
2: Because a lot of times, people who are going through some traumatic experience will find journaling very helpful for them. And then Mm, at some point, you're like, well, maybe it will be helpful to other people to read about going through this. Is that kind of what happened to you?
1: Yes, absolutely. I used to journal actually all the time as a kid, Mm. so I loved it. Yeah, And then I think that's also another uh, avenue into how I started doing more of the storytelling. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I suppose uh, writing is uh, the way that I... I suppose a process life difficulties and, and reading and sharing stories.
0: You're listening to the story. Today Eric Scatabou is chatting with Steph Taylor from the Geelong area in Victoria. Steph just shared with us about the moment her father died when she was only 17 years old. Steph then wrote about that experience and eventually entered it into a creative writing contest. We'll hear more of Steph's story, including more of her writing, when we return. The Story. We're back with more of Eric Scatterbo chatting with a young, aspiring writer named Steph Taylor. Steph has entered some of her short stories into creative writing contests and has had them published. Before the break, we heard about one story she wrote regarding the moment her father died from cancer when she was only 17 years old. She shared her personal thoughts and reflections of what was going through her mind at the time. Now, here's more of Steph's conversation with Eric. Now, it takes uh, a bit of
2: vulnerability to share something so personal, publicly. Do you regret having shared your experiences?
1: Absolutely not. I think it would be more regretful not to share them, because mm-hmm. if anything, it's more harmful not to be sharing our faith and our hope with God, yeah. because it, it, that's when it becomes isolating. And mm-hmm. if we're isolating ourselves, we're isolating others as well. And we miss out on that opportunity to open ourselves up and have that community of Christ around us. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important for everyone.
2: But it is a little scary.
1: Definitely scary.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but you overcame it and (laughs) you submitted it, and it was one of the finalists uh, for that particular year, I understand.
1: Uh, Yes, yes, that's correct.
2: So, wonderful. You're using your faith and your creativity to bless others and it's also helping you what happened next in your life after that
1: after that I found that to be a very interesting time by interesting I mean that life just changed so much and so rapidly mm-hmm. it was a time when I was finishing up school I was deciding where I was going to go in life and I was one of those students who just shrugged I didn't know what I wanted to do all mm-hmm. I wanted to do was be a storyteller I did not huh. know how yeah And so I was then moved into graphic design purely because I had this portfolio which I just spent ages on. And what I did from there, because I spent so much time studying, that was where I put all my time and energy. So because things were changing so much at home, I found that school was very much a place where things were more stable. So I spent a lot more time working on my assignments because that was a place Hmm. that I could see changing. There were more predictable changes at school than there were at home. So I Hmm. found myself studying a lot more. And through that, it ended up leading me away from writing and more so towards graphic design of all things, Hmm. because do not ask me to draw anything. I'll draw (laughs) you a stick figure.
2: But it is creativity. I mean, it's all part of that, but it's not the same kind.
1: Absolutely. Graphic design was very much a, a diverse area, and it was an industry that was growing because it's all digital-based, and as the world has grown more digital, that is the direction that I started to take yeah. a little bit more.
2: So now you went to a Christian school your whole life, raised in a Christian family, and then suddenly you're in a secular graphic design school. Yeah. And what helped you keep strong in your faith?
1: It was the understanding that God's provision has always been there for me, I think so. After my dad passed away, I always found that there was provision, whether it was for my mother who was looking for work because she had had some part-time work in finances, Mm -hmm. and it took her a while to find some work, but she still ended up finding a really good full-time job, which she was able to keep for a number of years, and also even I found some work as well so that I wouldn't have to keep asking my mother Mm. for money. So huge impact in my faith was the understanding that God is always with us, mm-hmm. and He never forsakes us, and He never leaves us. Even though things can turn, not as we expected, He is definitely always there. Mm-hmm. God has never left me, and I could see that in my everyday walk and life, whether it was landing a job that I definitely wasn't expecting to have because It was a a surprise interview, and I went into the surprise interview with a huge chocolate stain on my shorts, and yeah, I still
2: got the job. (laughs) Oh, wow. It was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) You're that good, though.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I must have whipped out my two pieces of back to present it, and and they just were wowed.
2: (laughs) Going back to your grade school days. So then you finished graphic design school, but what about writing? When did that come back in your life?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. That was coming in and out because as I was growing up, I loved telling stories. And it wasn't until later in high school where I was turning them into stories. But at that same time, that was when I was also meant to be writing essays. And I didn't find writing essays all that fun, but I thought normal writing would be better. And that's still considered studying English, surely. (laughs) So that's where probably I really started writing, which wasn't exactly the best timing. But it happened nonetheless. And that's probably where it sparked more of my interest. Um, I didn't truly pursue writing until, unclear enough, after university when I got my first job. And I found the time in the mornings to be able to write. And while I was working in Melbourne, I tried to get up before all the traffic, which meant getting up at 5.30 in the morning just to make sure that I had time to write.
2: Wow, that's dedication. (laughs) Thank you. But I mean, that's the level of your passion for expressing yourself through writing.
1: Yes, it became um, something which was very important to me as I realized that the more stories that I told, the easier it was to create these other worlds.
2: And then eventually you entered some of your stories into the Stories of Life Christian Writing Competition. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And another story, besides the one that you shared earlier, is about going out for a walk in nature. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right.
2: Can you tell us the background behind that story?
1: Absolutely. That one is titled A Kodak Moment, and that was when I was 15 years old and I was hiking in the Victorian Alps. This was for a UNI program where we had everything on our backs. So for 14 days, we were traveling all around the mountains and camping and hiking, and basically that was on repeat for 14 days. It was very, very character-building, actually, um, especially as adolescents.
2: Mm -hmm. In general, what impact did that experience have on you?
1: I think I found the nature around to be very much insightful in terms of just how much we often believe that we run the world. If we're surrounded by concrete buildings and roads and lights and traffic lights, we tend to believe that we built the world, Mm -hmm. whereas if we're out in nature, whether it's through a forest or by the river, we start to see that we didn't actually create the world, that was God. Yeah, yeah. And so growing up in the city, I didn't quite appreciate all of that God had created,
2: So here you are, a city kid going out into the country for several days, and this is having a huge impact on you. So could you please read for us the final paragraph of that story called The Kodak Moment?
1: The Kodak Moment, yep. If someone told us that the moss which glimmered along the creek from the morning dew was a fluke of atoms, I'd be more suspicious at the odds for such repetitively random beauty. The longer we spent away from the world of man-made buildings, lights, roads, air conditioning, and even clocks, the more we stopped believing that we had built the world, or that the world revolved around us. We truly were just a grain of sand in the midst of a vast desert, not a collision of atoms. The uncertainties and troubles in life suddenly felt so much smaller when we returned home, and our mindset toward others and appreciation of God's creation had grown as a result.
2: Wow, so just a simple trip like that could have... Such a profound impact on you and appreciating God's creation. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your creative writing today. Let's end with a Bible verse that's had a huge impact on your life.
1: So the verse which really had a huge impact on my growth, as, particularly as an adult, is in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of faith and not of evil, to give you hope and a future.
2: And why was that so significant for you?
1: That was very much uh, a grounding place for me to understand that God's provision is always there, and His will is always good. While we don't understand the complexities and mysteriousness of God, His will is always good, and we are always safe in His arms.
2: Amen. And of course, I mean, you went through the tragedy of the death of your father at such a young age, which is hard enough emotionally, but then you're also sharing about, on practical terms, you know, he was the main breadwinner in your family. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's correct. And so a lot of things changed in my family yeah. as a result of that. So leaning on God's provision was very important for all of us.
2: Yeah. And so you could have turned bitter toward God. Hey, you know, where's my dad? You know, but you leaned into God and trusted in him through it all and shared about. Your experience through your creative writing. Yes, that's
1: right.
2: And we're a blessing to others. Thank you so much for sharing with us today.
1: Thank you very much for having
0: me. Well, it was good to hear a young person share about their strong faith, especially after going through some very difficult experiences. Steph Taylor just kept on trusting God through it all. Also, She then had the courage to share her feelings with others through creative writing, using her God-given gifts and talents to bless others. It's wonderful. And one of the things she said she trusted God was for provision, that even after her father died, God would provide for her family. We know we can trust in God's provision because of what Jesus said in the sixth chapter of Matthew. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Steph Taylor sharing her story. And before we go, I just want to let you know where you can find out more information regarding the creative writing contest that Steph has entered several of her stories into. The website is storiesoflife.net. That's storiesoflife.net. Check it out. And if the Lord is leading you, have a crack at submitting one of your own stories. It will surely be a blessing to others. Well, until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I talked to him and I just said, if you are real, show me. If you can
1: show me, I will give up all my dreams. My dreams are going to Hollywood, pursuing making movies. I will give everything up. And when I started seeking him, man, he came out of nowhere and he did something so dramatic in my life. And not only did I not have to give up the very thing I told him I would give up my dreams and my desires. He put me in the forefront of it.
0: One of the most successful Christian animated series of all time is CBN's Superbook, which features scripturally accurate Bible stories. John Schaefer is the senior producer of the series, and he'll share the story behind Superbook's success and some of his own story as well. That's all coming up next time. The story. Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.